Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome to the Girl Techno Podcast. I'm your host, Shawnee Sanders. And today we get a chance to meet Carrington Warfield. She is a dynamic force with expertise in entrepreneurship and corporate events. She is a certified event strategist, a celebrated author with a book title, Your Virtual Events Guide to Creating Engaging Experiences. And she's also a sought out the speaker. So without further ado, join me in this amazing conversation with Carrington Warfield. Are you tired of working nine to five? Are you tired of your dreams going unfulfilled? Are you still letting fear stop you from pursuing that business idea? Well, all that stops today. I'm Shawnee Sanders, host of the Girl Take No Podcast, a podcast for ambitious women looking to ditch their nine to five and take the leap into entrepreneurship. Each week, you will learn the mindset, methods, and actionable steps other successful entrepreneurs took to make the shift from full-time employee to full-time entrepreneur and live the life they always dreamed of. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the show, Carrington. How are you doing? Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. Definitely. I always love having entrepreneurs on the show and learning their journey, their story behind their brand. So before we get into any questions, because I have a list of questions, so I have to write them down because I can't remember everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is, give me the story behind your brand. What made you get into the event planning space? Uh, event planning space is funny is because it was never something I aspired to do, right? Mm-hmm. It was something I kind of just fell into at a job, right? Oh, so I was okay. working a mm-hmm. job. Um, I was an admin at the time and there was an event that they were having for um, specifically for minorities. Right. Yeah. And so they had asked my boss, asked me if I could host it. And I was like, you know, great. What do you need me to do? And so I had to set up like it was I didn't know how many people were going to be there. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you don't yeah, know how to plan for it. Right. And yeah. we know we don't always RSVP. <laughs> right. We never do. We never do. Right. So it was kind of it was really, really um it was, it, it was a little hard, right? It was, it was mm-hmm. really hard because I didn't know how many people were going to attend. Um, really just kind of getting a restaurant, finding somewhere that was fairly close to the office um, where people could get to, parking, all of that good stuff. And so I did it. You know, it was, it was, quite, of a ch- it was quite a challenge. But yeah. once I did it, I was like, hey, I think I could, I think I kind of like this, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I just kind of started doing it. And then I, I moved into a different position, into a marketing position. Mm-hmm. We did tons of events and that just kind of gave me more exposure to event planning, like golf outings and things oh, of that yeah. nature. Yeah. And so the, the events got bigger, they got a l- little bit more complex and I really loved it. It's a lot of work, but it was something that I actually learned how to love. Right. Yeah. And so that's how I kind of got into event planning. Oh, that's cool. Kind of fell into it from working and stuff like that. That's good. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you got to have a very patient mindset to be an event planner. I mean, cause at the end of the day, so many things can go wrong at one time that you don't necessarily know. You know what I mean? So that's really cool, though. But you definitely got to have some patience with that. So um, so it seems like you have expertise like span across different areas, mm-hmm. but you hone in on event planning. Did I you did. kind of fall in love with event planning? Like what aspects of it do you really like? Because I know there got to be times oh. where you're like, oh, God, right. why did I take on this event and this person? For this exactly. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be completely honest with you. I think the biggest thing that I love about the event planning mm-hmm. is that it's almost like an artist, right? Mm-hmm. You know how an mm-hmm. artist starts with a blank canvas? Yeah. yeah. And so it's like when you're working with your clients, there's this blank canvas, right? And you're getting all the ideas, all the things that they want, and you're able to execute that. And when you can kind of stand back and say, oh my gosh, this was great, right? Yeah. The, yeah. Um, their client is happy. Their guests are happy. That's what I think is what makes me the most passionate about it is because I love to serve people. I love people and I love to serve people and I just love to make people happy. And yeah. I think that's, you can do that when you're an event planner, right? Yeah. Regardless definitely. of what happened in the, <laughs> the planning side of it, right? All the things that went wrong. Mm-hmm. They don't know that, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when you can see the the end product is what is the is the 
best part of it for me. Let me ask you this. Have you had clients who have a certain amount of budget, meaning like a small one, but have big ideas? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> big, like visions are grander with like a small budget. And how do you make those type of relationships and those type of events work? You know what? It's funny because that's usually more often, right? Than <laughs> yeah, yeah, most yeah. people that have the budget or the money to do what it is that they want to do. Yeah. Um, I think what you have to understand is that in event planning, you have to be really um, strategic. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of times you have to teach people like, hey, you know, you want to have this event during this time. And if it's something that's not like a birthday or something like that, but they just kind of want to do it, especially yeah. in the entrepreneur space, mm-hmm. teach people about peak and off peak times, right? Mm-hmm. During peak yeah. times yeah. is when you don't necessarily, if you don't have the budget is when you may want to kind of hold off until off peak, right? Mm-hmm. Venues, caterers, and people, you know, in service-based companies are usually wanting to make money during off-peak times because yeah, that's a slow yeah. season for them. And so I may push a strategy like that, or um, I offer things that, you know, they're a lot cheaper, right? They may have mm-hmm. these great, grandiose ideas, but they don't have a grandiose budget, right? And so you've <laughs> got to be able to be strategic in teaching people how to go and purchase things that are much cheaper than looks the same, looks just as good, but is a lot less expensive, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have to go to um, a lot of places where they can rent things. They can go to like the dollar store, family yeah. dollar. I promise yep. you, you can find amazing things and make them look amazing at places like that. So you just kind of got to be strategic and know how to work around that, right? And still make the client happy. Yeah. Especially entrepreneurs, especially those who are new to being entrepreneurs and you want to host an event maybe for, I don't know, shareholders or potential investors, right. you know, and it's so you got to be mindful of your budget and how you spend money. And so definitely hire. Is it best to hire an event plan? Because I'm going to tell you, like a lot of when we're mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, we're just solo entrepreneurs and we think to ourselves that we can do it all. Oh, I can mm-hmm. do this. You know what I mean? And then we right. try to do it. It become overwhelming for us. Mm-hmm. Do Would your advice be, hey, if you're trying to host an event and it's something either on a major scale or something that you want to impress people, would it be best to hire an event planner to come in and help you with that? Absolutely. I think it's yeah. because if you're not an event planner and you're an <laughs> entrepreneur, right? And you hope, and yeah. here's the thing, there's tons of coaches and entrepreneurs that are now hosting their own events and they're doing a great job. But yeah. I think what happens is that you get overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. The larger the event, the mm-hmm. more pieces to it, correct? Mm-hmm. Right. The more That's people true. that you need to help, you need to hire more volunteers yep. and you just kind of get overwhelmed and you don't really, you miss a lot of the small pieces. And what people don't realize is that those little small areas is what really makes the difference, right? Okay. you mm-hmm. got the venue, you got your speaker. Those are the big things, right? It's the small things that create the experience. And then you kind of get away from that and you can kind of miss out on a lot of those things. So I think that it's important that you should hire a planner because it can be overwhelming. It takes a lot. Um, if you're not organized, there's a lot of coaches and entrepreneurs out here. Promise mm-hmm. guys, no shade, but there's a <laughs> lot of people out here that aren't very organized, right? Oh, and yeah. planners, one of our gifts is that we think organization. That's part mm-hmm. of who we are. I, you can't be an event planner and not be organized, mm-hmm. right? And so mm-hmm. I, I would suggest when you can and you have the budget for it, absolutely, you should hire a planner. Yeah, you're right. A lot of entrepreneurs are not organized because they are just thinking, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs are just visionaries. They're not always good with like all the business pieces of it. But, you know, when you first start, that solo mindset just sets in and you just want to think and you think you can do it all. But it is best to hire out, to contract out for certain things because you're Mm -hmm. like, you can't do it all. And you overwhelm yourself with certain things, too. Right. Yeah. And then you're thinking about your budget, too, right? As a new entrepreneur, solopreneur, you don't always have the budget for things, right? No. Mm Mm-mm. You don't always have the budget for stuff. And so when was there a moment where, you know, you're working, you felt like, hey, I can actually do this on my own and let me now begin to take those steps. Was, what is it a pivotal moment that took place for you when made you make that decision? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. So I'm going to be real transparent on here mm-hmm. today. Okay. So <laughs> I've actually been working um, ever since I started my business. So my mm-hmm. business is a little over a year old. Okay. Um, my mm-hmm. own solo business, right? Yeah. But I had a, a virtual event planning business with a business partner a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So we decided that wasn't working for us. Cool. Everything was all good, but I wanted to do my own thing. And so yeah. it's been a little over a year now. So I've been working full time. But okay. just recently, I went on vacation. I went out of the country and I was gone for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I got back to work. I was at work for like a day and a half. And then I got um, laid off. 
So okay. just recently, but I feel like this was orchestrated by God, mm-hmm. 150%. Um, I, I had not been able to work on my business like I wanted to. I wasn't being consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, my job was actually taking a lot out of me. And so it was like when I would get home from work or get off because I worked from home. But when I would get off, I just didn't have the mental capacity yeah. to put into my job, to put into my business. I'm sorry, like I wanted to. And one thing I remember my mentor always saying was, don't work harder for somebody else than you do for your own business. Listen, right? that's a word. That's and a word. And that's what yeah. I was doing, right? Mm-hmm. And I just, I, could, I, I, I wasn't, I'll say this, I didn't have the confidence in myself to quit on my own. And so God orchestrated it for me and was like, listen. You got to go full speed ahead. And that's kind of what I've been doing over the past few weeks is Let me really, tell you something really honing in and trying to work my business. That is that is such a good story because that mirrors mine also. Really? I myself, yes. So I, I started a podcast. I was working full time. Mm-hmm. And when I started, and this is, this is my second podcast I did, but I started this podcast and I was working full time with this new company. I took a role and I knew it was kind of like a little iffy thing because it was a new role for this organization and I wasn't really used to being in a certain space. But um. I too got laid off and I, and I was doing this podcast full time. And it, let me tell you something, you were right about when it comes to God's timing, right. here I am doing a podcast about women taking the leap, right? About leaving their nine to five and leaping into entrepreneurship, interviewing all these different entrepreneurs and give them tips and strategies on how to do it. And then, like you said, God said, okay, you know what, since you're doing this so much, you're talking about it and you're giving people things on how to manage. So I give people a lot of tools and strategies on how to manage your business while working full time too. Right. But I got laid off and I was like, okay. <laughs> it was the same thing. I felt like, okay, God, you must be telling me now because you're right. I didn't have the time to put into the podcast and anything else I was doing that I really wanted to do. I didn't have the time to do it. So you're right. Sometimes that leap you take is not um, intentional. You know what right. I mean? That leap sometimes is just orchestrated by God and say, Absolutely. this is what you're supposed to be doing. So I, yes. I think that's the best type of leap to be honest with you. I do Because too. now, yeah. Because I now you know that, a hundred percent, you can count on you. One hundred percent. And then two, it's like, you know, I now have time to be quiet and I can hear. Yes. Right? yes. I got, I'm getting more clarity. You mm-hmm. know, I'm trying to be more creative. I can actually do some research, you mm-hmm. know, get better on my social media presence, um, build mm-hmm. my brand, you know. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've got a lot of time now to where I can I can schedule out my day. Yes. Which is so nice. It's so yes. nice. It's like get the freedom back. I mean, that hashtag retain claim your time is real. <laughs> Listen, that is the realest thing I have heard. In it a is long real. Time. It is a real thing because you don't know how much time you put into a job. Like, especially if you're going into work, because I was working from home as well. You're going into work, you're traveling to and from, right? How much time you spend in the car to how much time you spend at work and how much time you spend at home. You yep. realize all that time that you have. And by the time, like you said, by the time you get off, you're exhausted. You yep. really don't have the time and you just feel like, oh God, I don't even want to do this right now. Right. So I, I feel like those are the type of leaps that are the best ones because you do land on your feet and you keep moving forward no matter what happens. And that's Absolutely. just the way it goes. <laughs> and I just feel like, you know, God wouldn't have put me here if he mm-hmm. didn't know I was capable of doing it. But if you're not exactly. sometimes put in these situations, mm-hmm. we'll get comfortable and we'll get complacent and we yeah. won't push ourselves. Right. And so sometimes... He needs to just give us that little kick in the butt, right? Yeah, yeah. Or push us on off the ledge and say, "Hey, yeah. listen, I got you, right? Yeah, I just need you to just go." Yeah, because you know? ultimately, subconsciously, is what we really want, anyway. Right? You know what I mean? And what we truly want to manifest in our life is being our own boss and entrepreneurship. So I think that's what it is. So now that you've been doing, but you've been you've been an entrepreneur though for mm-hmm. a year, and you've been an entrepreneur before because you had the virtual um, business, and so. How do you like it so far? Is it is it like oh I wish I had the job still? Because don't get me wrong, now I was I was in a high I was a high earner. You know what right. I mean? And right. do I miss that check? Yes, I do miss that <laughs> monthly check. Right. I'm not gonna lie, it's nothing like it. <laughs> but you know how do you how do you feel now? I have made that transition. I'll say this. It's only been a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. So it's been great. Um, mm-hmm. I've been able to get some mental clarity, gain some mental clarity, kind of think about some things that I need to do for my business. Mm-hmm. Take the time to write down like a checklist. I got a whole checklist behind me, right? It's so mm-hmm. funny. Of all the things that I need to do this week, I was able to yeah. sit down on Saturday and, and put that together. Worked on that last night until like 11 o'clock. And so mm-hmm. if I have days where I need, I have appointments and things that I can't work on my business, I can yeah. come back and work on as long as I need to. 
I don't yeah. have to get up and go anywhere unless I have a scheduled appointment or podcast or something like that. But mm-hmm. it's been great. I will say this. It's a little scary. So I'm yeah. going to be honest. Definitely. It's a little scary, uh, but I know that I can do this, right? Yep. I know that I was built for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that I just have to keep pushing. And the one thing about me is that I'm not a quitter, right? Yeah. Quitting yep. is not an option for me. It's not the option. Uh, it's not an option, never an option. And, mm-hmm. you know, times get hard and entrepreneurism is not for the weak. Let me tell you, right? No. It has been a journey. I have gotten frustrated. I have been um, discouraged. Mm-hmm. I have been happy. I've been sad. All of the <laughs> things, right? It's literally like a, an array of emotions, right? Yeah, Being an it entrepreneur. Is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it is a lonely place, okay. right? It can mm-hmm. be lonely. Mm-hmm. But I do have people. I have mentors. I have a coach. I have people. My sister is also a, an entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. we bounce things off of each other. We share things when she's mm-hmm. in, in a room. She got some good information. We share things and I, and not just with her, but I do have other friends that are entrepreneurs that, you know, we can, we can bounce things off of each other. And Mm -hmm. um, I think a coach and a mentor is actually good as well. So yeah, it's been a journey. It's still, it's still a journey. You're right. It's, it's an up and down journey and it's all about the journey. It's never really about the destination. You know what I mean? It's always about the journey and what we learn along the way. And a lot of us get into that mindset of becoming solopreneurs where, you know what I mean? Where we're just like in our, in our room and we're just so honing in and focused on what we have to do and what we have to achieve because that's what I do too. Every night I make my list of things I got to do tomorrow, the next, I mean the next day and make sure I tackle those different things because I'm like, this is all on me now, you know? So whatever I don't accomplish, it's on me. It's not nobody else. thing. It's what I don't do. And I think a lot of us are like that as entrepreneurs. And it is a scary place to be. It really is a scary place to be. But I think the best part of it that you get to move, you get to move with that fear no matter what. You know what I mean? You move in spite of the fear no matter what. And I've talked to so many women and so many other men and who have taken that leap, like you, like me and you have been forced to take the leap right? or either have been through like divorce and, you know, they had no choice but to try to find a way to take care of them and their kids because they didn't have any other type of skill set. And so, and I've seen them all come out um, successful on the other side. And so that's what always gives me hope. When I talk to entrepreneurs like you, it gives me hope. It gives me inspiration, inspires me to say, okay, just keep going because you're going to get there too. You just got to keep going forward. And so I really like that. And so event space, event planning, is it, I know it's a very big business. It's your goal one day to say, hey, I want to, I want to do like big events for like, I don't know, like Nike or, (laughs) you know what I mean? Is it to have those big corporate type of events or is it more so I want to hone in on the entrepreneur space, you know, because I know entrepreneurs who are in business, starting a business, they all have things that they want to do when it comes to events and trying to, like I said, host and stuff like that. Is it to hone in on that or is it to maybe one day land some big, really big clients? Um, I'll say this. It it would be nice to land a huge client, right? But I'm going to be honest with you, though. My passion, I love event planning, but my passion and my primary focus is that entrepreneur space, right? Yeah. Because we've got a lot of new entrepreneurs that are out here and Mm -hmm. what they they do well in the event planning, which is is the logistical side, right? Mm -hmm. Booking the space, you know, hiring the caterer, the event decor, things of that nature. But where I see the need is the event strategy side. Because that's the side that's going to help you generate revenue. That's the side that's going to help you with your conversion rate, converting your leads to clients, right? Yeah. And so um, that's the space that I'm the most uh, passionate about, right? Because I want to see them win. They're not necessarily planners, but they do plan events, right? Yeah. But I want to teach them how to, the skills that I've learned over the years and give them the tools and the resources to do it not just worry about efficiency, but effectiveness, mm-hmm. and then learn how to execute well, right? Mm-hmm. So they can create great events, right? And create experiences for their people, but also turn those leads into clients, right? Retain yes. them and continue to gain more clients over time. Yes. So that's the piece that I'm, the, you know, that I'm the most passionate about. And that's what I want to do, consult. And I'd love to be able to also consult those large organizations, right? They've got mm-hmm. their own planners. They've got admins that plan for them. They And I would love to consult with them, mm-hmm. right? Because the planner, most of the time, is really just thinking about the logistical side. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the event strategy side is, is completely different. 
Yeah, you know what? Tell us more about that event mm-hmm. strategy side. So so we can know, because like you said, for us who don't, who are not in that space, we think it's like all the same. Right. You know what I mean? So we we don't understand that there's a strategy behind the event in terms of like, I'm so glad you said that. Like, I want you to reach conversion, you know, to right. be able to turn those leads into actual sales and convert those leads. Um, so let's talk more about the event strategy piece. Mm-hmm. Tell us about more about that piece. So the event strategy piece is what are you doing pre-event, right? Mm -hmm. Post-event and Mm -hmm. during your event. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that I I help you create strategies before your event, right? Because here's the thing about being an entrepreneur. It's all about being consistent, right? And so Mm -hmm. what what I want people to understand is that it's not about waiting until you're getting ready a couple of months before your event and now you want to promote all day long, right? We (laughs) should be doing these things and being consistent all the time. It's not just about what you do before your event that's going to convert. It's Mm -hmm. what you've been doing that's going to drive people to the event, right? Mm -hmm. What you do during the event and the value you provide then, Mm -hmm. and then what you do after the event, that's the strategy. It's not, it's not complex, right? And it's more or less creating strategies that are going to align with your business goals and objectives and your target audience, right? Mm -hmm. So we're thinking about all of the things, but we're not thinking about that. Right. What are you going to do? It even comes down to the agenda. Like, how are you setting up your agenda? Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to events where they have all these major players and major hitters that are speakers. Um, and then their conversion rate wasn't that great. Right. Yeah. They spent out all this money. They either broke even or they they ended up not making any money. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's about your agenda. It's about the valuable content that you're providing. It's about the engagement and the interaction during the event, right? So yeah. those are all of the things that I'm kind of teaching. And that's what the strategy is. It's not real complex. It's yeah. just people don't think about those things. Yeah, and that's true. We don't think about the marketing that we need to do beforehand. Right. And then you're right. We don't think about, we think once we do the event, that that's it. That's the thing. You know what I mean? That's the strategy. Mm-hmm. Right there, we did it. We accomplished it. Yay for us, <laughs> you know. And I don't think a lot of people are now then in turn following up afterwards to figure out, okay, experience how people felt, and you know maybe get some repeats and stuff like right. that. So it is that is an important part of it. I never thought about it like that before. It is like post event surveys. People don't yeah. do. You need to do a survey to find out was the was did the attendees feel like the the information that you provided was valuable, mm-hmm. right? Would they attend again? You want to ask them questions about what is it that they want, would like to learn the next Mm -hmm. time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, All of those things. And then marketing yourself, right? You should be showcasing your expertise Mm -hmm. before the event, right? Yeah. Months before you even decide to have an event, right? We've got to be showing up. People have to see who we are, right? Whether you're doing a podcast or whether Mm -hmm. you're writing articles or whether you're doing any of that stuff, right? Whatever you can do to showcase your expertise and show mm-hmm. that you're in a subject matter expert in your field or area or industry, yeah. right? That's what you need to be doing. It's not just about when you're getting ready to host an event. So that's true. Let me ask you this. What are some of the most successful events? Like if you, if you were to recommend someone's to hire you and they said, well, what kind of event do you recommend us doing? Does it, I know it probably depend on the company, right? Mm-hmm. The type of company, product, service, but what are you seeing the most successful events that had the highest conversion rate? What type of events are those? I would say conferences, conferences mm-hmm. and panel conferences with great speaker. And it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a bunch of speakers, right? You yeah. get the right person in the room. Yeah. You can, they can help you convert, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about the value that you add, the person or the speaker or what you're, you know, what you're bringing to the table. But mm-hmm. I would say conferences that I've seen have the largest conversion rate, right? Because it's about what you're bringing to the table, yeah. who you actually have there, the mm-hmm. engagement, the interaction. When people are engaged, they retain the information and they want to hear more and yeah. they want to purchase yeah. and they want to buy, right? Yeah. And so you got to bring it. But to me, I've seen conferences are what usually host or get the biggest conversion rate. And that's, again, for me, it may be different for someone else. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You're right. A lot of time it is about the person you have in the room, you mm-hmm. know, because that person can attract a lot of people and um, and really give you a conversion rate. And conversion would be more, hey, more repeat. They'll exactly. come back next year. You know, we already selling tickets for next year. Exactly. So it's like, we did that. We converted that. Are there like any, um, any in-conference um, type of services or what I want to say? I want to say like, because I know a lot of interaction that happens, like virtual interaction that can happen real time 
at an mm-hmm. event? Like, can you, what would you recommend to do to capture that, you know, attendees while they're at the event? Like, okay. What type of interaction should they be doing? Should it be virtual type of thing? Should it be, you know, some people have those VR things there, yes. whatever interactive piece you can make. That's what I'm trying to get to. What interactive piece do you believe will kind of go over well at different events? I think number one for me is networking. Yeah. I think that you should always implement um, a networking session. It's mm-hmm. always good for people to see what other people are doing because you yeah. never know, right? Because yep. when people see, not only did you provide value and your event provided value, but there were people that they were able to meet and network with and be able to take something home and mm-hmm. be able to use that service. That's great, right? It's a win-win for you as the host, but also for the attendees. I would also say... Um, cool things, right? People love drones and and things of that nature. Um, Great Mm -hmm. speakers are also good, right? Where people actually have the opportunity to ask for a Q and a session is always Mm -hmm. really good, right? If you're somebody that you look up to that somebody you've been following for years and you get an opportunity to actually ask them a question, that's awesome, right? Mm -hmm. That's an experience for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say um, if you're doing a- Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Hybrid event um, is always good to make to figure out some type of, te- of technology or hire a company where they're actually, it feels like they are actually there. Those yeah, that are yeah. the hybrid event weren't in person, but they still feel as though they're literally there in the room. Yes. If you can find an event company or a tech company that can kind of bring that home for you, I think those are three great ways to actually really get that interaction and for people to feel that experience. Let me ask you, is it worth, because I, I had a conversation with another um, guest before about networking, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I, t- I told them, I said, because now everything is so virtual, like in-person networking is so rare these days. I mm-hmm. feel like it's so rare. Okay. I feel like people don't necessarily host. I mean, you let me know because you're more in this space. Do people host more networking events and do you believe that in-person networking is still, I mean, you just said something on it, but do you really believe it's still valuable? Because like I said, a lot of people use social media, like social media now is the networking space. It is. Right. That's really how people network because a lot of people are not willing to come out of their home, especially since like COVID and all the things that have happening. And I was going to ask you that question too. Like since COVID, have you seen, because I know things went down, but have you started to see a spike like in the rise of events and stuff like that since COVID Mm -hmm. has happened? Oh, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I'll answer your question about the networking first. Yeah. I think it, that the networking face-to-face is it. Yes. You know? And not just yeah. for me. I think that a lot of people, we'll go back to the COVID question as mm-hmm. well. A lot of people were tired of doing Zooms, right? We're still yeah. doing webinars. We're still doing Zoom <laughs> yeah. you know, events. Um, it saves on your budget, especially if you're a solopreneur, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I think that the in-person is a great way. There's different, now you don't have to order business cards, right? They've mm-hmm. got all these great social media apps or yeah. sorry, great apps that you can use like Hi Hello. Mm-hmm. That's a, um, you know, a, an app where you can actually share your information and you don't have to order like 500 business cards <laughs> and carry them around. But it, it's an opportunity for you to sell yourself, mm-hmm. right? Um, your services, mm-hmm. uh, to build rapport with other people, right? And even, I think great collaborations come out of face-to-face yeah. network, yeah. right? And so even if people aren't having networking events, your event should still be an area where people should be able to network. Right. Yeah, Encourage people right. to talk to each other. And even if you set aside 15, 20, 30 minutes to just have a networking session. Right. Or, um, you know, sometimes we come late <laughs> a lot of times. To <laughs> so even if you say, hey, the event mm-hmm. starts at 1130, but 
you know, it starts at 1130, but you say it starts at 11 and mm-hmm. you can use that 30 to 20, 30 minutes to actually allow people to network and mm-hmm. encourage that. Right. Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's great. And I do believe that people are coming out. Like I said, I think people got tired of being on Zoom, you're in Zoom mm-hmm. at work, you're in Zoom in the conferences, Zoom in the workshop, Zoom in the master I know, everything's in the house. Yeah. And I have definitely seen a spike in in-person events and even hybrid for sure. Okay. That's, that's really cool. I was going to ask you too, about that virtual entrepreneur who have like virtual teams. <laughs> do you, have you ever worked with someone, have virtual teams and maybe hosted a virtual event for them? Or do you more want to stay in the space of like um, in-person events? Because I know even when I worked in, because I used to work in product. And mm-hmm. so we have virtual teams, you know, I have a product team, but then I also have team members in, in other countries and right. they've always tried to do events with us to kind of <laughs> still build that team morale, although they're in, in, in all these different countries. Mm-hmm. So do you recommend doing something like that with an, with an entrepreneur who have a virtual team? I do. I do. And only because it is an opportunity for you to help try to build the, the, the morale. Yeah. Right? It, cost a lot of money sometimes if you don't have it, right? If your mm-hmm. business is, if you're a small business owner, you just don't have the, the budget to bring people in all the time. But I think it's a great way to build the morale, uh, maybe play some games, have some things fun that you can do. But I still think you should at some point, if you, if you've got the budget to try to bring everyone together. Right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it gets old. And I sometimes think also that those that are away that can't be there sometimes can feel a little left out, even yeah. even yeah. when you're trying to incorporate or you know include when everything is inclusive, they mm-hmm. can still kind of feel a little bit left out. It's not always the same. So and I feel yeah. like if you get some good technology, right, and get some good planners that can help you kind of figure out some things that you can do to help mm-hmm. it be a little bit more inclusive. I think that'll help. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's how we work. I work with a lot of virtual teams um in the past and they've always tried to and I always I never thought the events worked because like, <laughs> I guess it just depends on the stuff that they were doing. I just felt mm-hmm. like, oh my goodness, what are we doing here? All these little pop quizzes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And But I do know that when we did in-person events, it was a lot more fun. People right. did engage a lot more. So it does, it does say something about more in-person events mm-hmm. versus exactly. the virtual ones, especially when it comes to employees. That much right. I do know. Um, what is it that you're working on now? What, are you working on any events now that you're most excited about? I don't have any uh, client events right now. Mm-hmm. I do have my own masterclass coming up. Talking to speaking okay. about virtual, yeah. Right? Um, Let's talk so about is, that. Yeah. So my masterclass is about event strategy, and mm-hmm. so what I do is I do have a, I have a Facebook group. So once a week on Monday morning, I usually post some tips and tricks or mm-hmm. some type of things. And so what I've been doing is I've been kind of adding a little bit of. Um, trying to get people a little bit interested in what I've got coming up next month for the masterclass. Mm-hmm. So it's really just teaching coaches and entrepreneurs or anybody actually that put, mm-hmm. that plans events on how to strategize. And so I'm going to be sharing some um, a few strategies on that call. It's about a 90 minute masterclass. Mm-hmm. I'll be sharing that. We'll be doing some interactive activities mm-hmm. that we just talked about. But um, that's what I'm kind of wanting to do. And it's going to help me to provide more awareness about who I am, the services that I provide, how I can help you as a coach yeah. or an entrepreneur. Um, and I like my sessions to be interactive. So I like people to ask questions, you know, mute, but unmute, ask questions, you know, <laughs> yes, mute, right. unmute, be ask active. questions, <laughs> right. Be active and engage. Um, yeah. like one thing I have been doing some research on engagement and interaction. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is that when you're engaged, when people are engaged and interactive, it enhances learning. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, and so it does. they retain the information and they want to come back. They're like, oh my God, I had a great time on her event. They tell people about it, right? Mm-hmm. It's great opportunity for people to network with other people on the call, you know. Um, it, it, it provides an experience for people, right? And so it, mm-hmm. the satisf- it increases the satisfaction levels. And so people are more open to coming to your next event. They look forward yeah. to it. They're sharing the information. And the most important part is that they're applying the information, right? That's what yeah. you want them to do is apply it. They apply it, they retain it, they apply it, and it works. That's what you want, right? That's a win, right? They're coming back. That's a win, right? (laughs) And so that's what I have coming up. Um, Eventually, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do something. I want to do a couple of more master classes. And then at the beginning of the year, probably mid quarter, Mm -hmm. mid Q1, I'd like to be, I'd like to host uh, a ride along. 
Mm. So um, a ride along, a ride along is what I want to do. I'm still kind of thinking about it, getting some ideas, but I really Mm want to take a small, intimate group of people and kind of take them maybe to an Airbnb, Mm -hmm. talk about contracts, what you should be looking for, Mm -hmm. strategy, you know, Mm -hmm. um, talk about what you should be asking, questions you should be asking, things that you want, you know, looking at contracts, things of that nature, and just kind of having a good time. So I maybe am looking to do something like that. I I know people are doing things, but I kind of want to think about outside the box and do something a little bit different. And so, but expose people to the things that they should be asking, what they should know, peak versus off peak, what's cheaper, Mm -hmm. what's less expensive, things of that nature. So that's what I've got coming up. Let me ask you, so do you think, because speaking of the masterclass is... When you say the pre-event strategy, Mm -hmm. will that be a part of a pre-event strategy saying, hey, if you have this conference coming up, you might want to think about doing a webinar or a masterclass in order to start getting the word out, you know what I mean, about this event? Like, can you give us some some tips on things that people can do? You don't have to give away everything Mm -hmm. because you want to definitely take the masterclass. Uh But (laughs) (laughs) just things like people can do virtually to start getting people maybe excited about Mm -hmm. an upcoming event that they may have. Absolutely. So reels. So I've been doing reels and just kind of giving a little snippet of what I'm going to be sharing. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Reels are always great. Um, I have a Facebook group, so I Mm -hmm. I encourage people to join my Facebook group. I'm always providing tips and tricks and I do that once a week. Mm -hmm. I'm in LinkedIn. So I write Mm -hmm. articles. I put my articles. I post my articles in LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Um, If you write, you can create a vlog. Um, Email marketing is really, really good as well. Um, Always making sure that you're always there's you should be fostering ongoing communication mm-hmm. with your audience at all times it's not yeah. just about your event right it's all the time it's just about the consistency mm-hmm. um and so those are just some of the things that you should be doing and this is all the time and here's the thing everything doesn't work for you you've got to find those tra- those strategies and those things that actually work for you as a coach or an entrepreneur take those things and when you realize that they work be consistent and keep doing those because that's mm-hmm. what's going to bring people to you, right? Being yeah. an entrepreneur, it doesn't just happen overnight, right? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I share the the I share the strategies, but you've got to do the work in order yeah. for it to work, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So let me ask you about the event space. What do you see? Because every space, AI is taking over a lot of these right. different spaces, right? AI needs to take over some spaces, especially a lot of stuff with the government, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, how do you see AI um, interacting in the space, in the event planning space? Because also I know that it's a physical planning piece to mm-hmm. it, but how does AI, because I know, like I said, I know it's in every space. So what mm-hmm. how, what part does AI play in this space? I, to be honest with you, AI helps me out tremendously, oh, um, yeah. especially when I'm working on content. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes I, I write, I'm a writer, so I have writer's mm-hmm. block at times. Yeah, And so it's great to sometimes just, plug a word into AI and it'll bring mm-hmm. up all the, and you're like, oh my gosh, okay. And you get ideas. I think it's great for using it for content. Mm-hmm. I think it's great for um, ideas on your content, things mm-hmm. that you want to share with your audience, asking it questions about what are some things that people are challenged with in that area or in that industry that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that in the event planning space, I don't know, because event planning changes so much. Yeah, It's, it's almost like IT. Right. Yeah. Things change so quickly. You've got to mm-hmm. stay up on everything. Right. On all the and trends. So I think that, right. I say use AI to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Right. Use it how it can help you figure out how it can help you in your business and use it. That's what it's there for. Right. Whether yeah. it's, again, about their content, what you can do in social media, what your um, target audience is being challenged with right now. How can you help your target audience? I say use it for into your advantage and, you know. I think it works in all mm-hmm. industries, but it has its downside, but it's always, always the good side to it. Is there a type of event that's kind of like been kind of disrupting this space in terms of like, hey, that's a new way of doing events, meaning like it's not your typical conference or it's not your typical um, panel like, is there a, some, is there people coming into this space with just some really cool technology and doing this virtual event thing where, you know, how people are able mm-hmm. to kind of like be hologrammed in, right. you know what I mean? Like those type of wow factor things that are happening in this space. <laughs> there are, like you just said, one of them is like yeah. the hologram. The first time mm-hmm. I saw that, I think it was on TV. Yes. Was it like the... um. What was it? Was it Tupac? The presidential, the presidential debate, but also they brought was it Tupac on stage or 
I think one they of the did music bring, shows. Tupac or Biggie, wasn't it? Yeah, one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, whoa, right? But you're right. Um, the presidential debate was yeah. that was big. Yeah, that was big. You've got these drones and things now. Like we talked about the hybrid events, right? Mm-hmm. You've got these event companies, these tech companies that are amazing and and almost make it like those that aren't in the room are literally there. Right? Yes, based on the way they set the camera up, you know, it, the yeah. way the, the different angles and things of that nature. So I think things like that. Um, they've got things now where robots and things are. <laughs> yeah. I've not seen them personally, but I've seen like online where people are doing like robots or mm-hmm. those are cool things um, where people can actually put the information into the robot and they can they can create what they want it to do and it does all of that kind of stuff. Um, I even talked about one time I used to do a tech Thursday mm-hmm. when I would do um, some of my reels. And one of the things was where you can actually, which this is really cool. So you guys, mm-hmm. this isn't real like way out, but I think it's really cool and it's an experience, mm-hmm. but you can actually add, you know, everybody's like attached to their phones, right? Yeah. You can actually rent um, things where they can plug in. Right. Mm-hmm. You can rent lockers. Yeah. You can leave your phone. Like if your phone is dying and, you know, yes. and you got one of those fast chargers, you can rent lockers and leave your phone in there and have it charged, come back and get it. You know, oh, things good. of that nature. Plugs like like yeah. the external plugs outside. Mm-hmm. Um, Charging stations. stations. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So things of that nature. Those are things that create experiences. So if you can think outside the box within your budget, right? Within your budget. budget. But mm-hmm. you can think of things like that that are um, within your budget. Those things are cool because I think the lockers are a, a genius, right? Yeah. I wish I, I had come so up too. with that. The charging stations, <laughs> that's genius, right? You know, I wish it I had is. come up with that. It is. But it's just all about thinking outside the box. Yeah. You know what, Vin, I see all the time. I see a lot of that. I just think it's so, not weird, but just like... I don't know. It's just the ones where you go in there. There are parties that you go into DJs and you got to wear the headphones, but everybody can listen to their own separate music. And it's like, if I'm in a space in a party that everybody's listening to their own separate music, how do we actually interact with each other? How do we actually dance with each other? If I'm listening to something different from you. I'll say this, what I think that's cool for, I'm not into that because I'm like, it's too much stuff going on in the world right now. I yeah. need to know what is going on at all. That's times. true. So I, I don't need my, I need to be able to hear. It's a lot right. going on. You're right. You are so, right. That's not my thing. Teach his own, right? Yeah. No shade to those that have done it. And, yeah. you know, but I think it's great if you have an artist that's doing a listening party. I, th- I yeah. think it's great that's, for listening parties. I think parties so too. Because that is. At one set time, right? Mm-hmm. To the you know snippets of the songs for that artist, um, I think is great for listening parties. But outside of that, that's not my thing, right? Yeah. But hey, mm-hmm. there's a client out there that wants to do it. Cool. I just need to know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on in my surroundings I here. No, I need to hear. <laughs> I need to know what's going on. So that's not yes. my thing. Right. It is a lot going on in the world where you definitely want to be able to hear because God knows nobody wants to be put in those situations <laughs> at all. I need at to all. be made aware at all. Is there something that you're most excited about in this space? Wow. I'd say I'm most excited about because I feel like there's not a lot of people in the event strategy space teaching yeah. entrepreneurs. Yeah. And so I feel like it's wide open. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a space that I can actually be creative in. Um, I've got room to grow and learn mm-hmm. um, and be able to educate entrepreneurs on how to execute effectively, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited about that. I'm That's really, good. really excited about for the future. What are you most excited about in your entrepreneur journey, though? Now that you're doing this full time, now it's full time now, Karen. <laughs> so what are you most excited about and what scares you the most about it, too? What I'm most excited about is that I can just do me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what I'm excited about is that it's my business mm-hmm. and I can run it the way I want to, That's when right. I want to, and how I want to. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. Uh, I would say what I'm probably the most afraid of is the downside of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the frustration, um, mm-hmm. things don't work out where yeah. you spend money on things that don't necessarily work. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the trial and error is not mm-hmm. always fun. I would mm-hmm. say that's probably the downside for me is the trial mm-hmm. and error and the things that don't work. Right. 
But yeah. I do, and if you put it in a different perspective, it's still a learning process, right? It is. And so it wasn't a loss. You just learned what not to do, right? What not to do. Or what exactly. doesn't work for you personally. Exactly. So what advice would you give someone who maybe wants to get into the event strategy business? Like what type of, what type of background do you got to have to be in this space? Uh, you definitely need experience in event planning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in order to be able to talk about strategy, you've got to understand event planning as a whole. Yeah. Um, I think that it's important for you to subscribe. There's a ton of um, event planning magazines out there, smart mm-hmm. meetings, um, meeting professionals international, mm-hmm. um, meetings and events, all types of subscriptions. I think it's really, really good to read. Mm-hmm. I'm a reader, so um, yeah. it's good to stay up on that. I think it's great to get skill set. Uh, get hired even if it's as an admin, right? Even yeah. if you go and volunteer at mm-hmm. events and you learn from the ground up, right? Because it's really good to learn from the catering side to the banquet side to the corporate mm-hmm. side and all of that, right? It's always good to get as much exposure as possible. Um, I also think that it's good to join an organization. So I'm a part of Meeting Professionals International. Mm-hmm. You've got PCMA out there. Um also, different um, certifications are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That's um, really good to get into. And um, I think you should get some schooling as well. I yeah. think that there's some things that you can do. I think for me, hands-on is always the best teacher. But yeah. I still think you need some book knowledge in this. Because like I said, event, uh, the event industry, the hospitality industry changes so much. It's just like technology. It changes mm-hmm. so much. And so you've got to read to know what's going on um, and then subscribe. It doesn't even have to be a tangible magazine, but they have a lot of online subscriptions as well. And then um, always make sure that you attend events, right? Yeah. It yeah. gives you a different perspective on how to do things a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know everything. Um, I think it's an opportunity to learn. I talked about networking opportunities um, yeah. and you just never know who you might run into. You might mm-hmm. need their services or vice versa. So I think those are um great ways to get into the industry. Has been a part of the organization, you just mean you said meeting for professionals, I think you said, meeting right? Meeting professionals international. Meeting professionals uh-huh. only. Has that really helped you um, in this space in terms of like how you plan events and help you connect with other professionals in the business and share strategies and tips? Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I attend online events when I have the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been able to do a whole lot of in-person, but the in-person events are really, really good because you have people that have been in the industry for years, yeah. right? 20, yeah. 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they know a lot. They know a lot. They know a lot of people, right? And they can provide a lot of information to you uh, yeah. as well as networking, right? Those are mm-hmm. people that you want to know. They know people, they can help you, they can provide recommendations and suggestions on space and, you know, who to reach out to. They have a lot of connections. And so I think it's great, a uh, great yeah. way to network and learn. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we did this show because I've learned a lot in terms of, because like I said, with event planning, you just think of this space, you just think it's such a cool space to be in because you're like, oh, they get to do such fun stuff. Look at this event. Who put this together? Who came up with these creative? Because you have to be a creative. You to do. come up with some of the different events that people come up with. Like right. you have to have that piece of creativity, but also, like you said, you have that organization piece, which is key when it comes to planning. Yes. Because if you're not organized, you <laughs> it'll be all over the place. It definitely needs organization. And so it's good to learn more about this side and that the event strategists, what they do in this space as well. And you're right. I think it is a space that a lot of people don't, necessarily talk about like we don't necessarily know that oh there's a strategist for event i thought you just plan it and you're good to go you know you it's like you build it they will come that's that's the kind of attitude we have you build it they will come (laughs) exactly (laughs) if i plan it they're just gonna show up no ma'am right (laughs) and you're like they may show up but will they show up for the next one Right. Or are they going to purchase what it is that you're offering? Exactly. What is it that, before we end the show, what is that you would tell someone who didn't even, it didn't really go that well, right? Mm -hmm. What would you, would you tell them to, meaning like they probably didn't get the biggest attendance that they thought they were going to get and maybe they didn't get the best conversion. What kind of advice would you give that person? Would you tell them like, hey, you got to do it again next year? Mm -hmm. Or would you tell them like, hey, we probably need to revamp the event itself and think about what people might want? First thing I would think uh, I would tell them is, you know, ask them, did they do an event survey? Right. Because people are going to be real candid. Right. So you Mm -hmm. always want to take that information. It's not just to do it. Right. Yeah. Take that information and use it to your advantage. Right. It only helps for you to get better. 
as an entrepreneur. Um, I also think that it's also good to go back. Let's go back and figure out what were you doing before the event, right? Before, before the event. you started promoting the event, what were you doing? And let's mm-hmm. go back and revamp and figure out how you can actually do something different. Mm-hmm. What worked, what didn't work, right? Mm-hmm. What didn't work, we'll take that out. What worked, we'll add that and we'll maybe enhance it, right? Or improve that, right? Yeah. And so I think you just kind of kind of go back and look at what you could have done differently. Look yeah. at the post-event survey answers, right? Because like I said, people are going to be really candid about if they liked it, if they didn't, if they'd come back, what they want to know next time. And you have to be real strategic about the questions that you ask, because that's only going to help you yeah. do your next event even better, right? So I think that's important, that post-event survey. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. that is important. That is important. I think surveys are important overall in terms of like (laughs) when you do a business and just understanding where your customer, how your customer sees your business and what if they think is working, what things they think like, what things they don't like. And it really does help you when it comes to like production and product services that you want to offer. So you look at your trends, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can go back six months ago, right? And you did, say you do an event every quarter, right? And so six months ago, you can look at what they said. And Mm -hmm. then you go back and like, okay, you know what? We improved, right? So it's an opportunity for you to see the improvement over time and for you to just get better at what you do. Yep. That's true. That's true. This has been a good interview, Karen. Thank you so much for coming on and educating us in this space. (laughs) I enjoyed it. It was awesome. It has been a good interview, guys. Listen, make sure you guys follow Karen. I'll make sure all her social will be down below in the show notes. If you're watching on video on YouTube, it'll be in the YouTube description. If you're listening to this on any of your streaming platforms, it'll be down in the different show notes because you want to definitely get that advice if you're trying to plan an event because you don't want to go at it alone. Okay, you just right. don't. <laughs> but character, thank you so much for being on the show. Guys, thank I am Shawnee Sanders. This is the Tail Girl Techno Podcast, and I will see you guys next time. <laughs> thank you. You are welcome. welcome this was welcome, awesome. Welcome. Thank you. This is... I think you are you okay? You're good with still being on record? Yeah, I'm still good. Okay. Oh, you know what? Okay. Let me actually cut it off because my editor be so mad. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Girl Techno Podcast. We really hope this episode gets you one step further in your dream of becoming an entrepreneur. If you like this episode, please leave us a review. Once you leave us a review, we will shout you out on our next episode. Now, in order to qualify for the shout out, all you have to do is leave a review, screenshot the review, tag Girl Techno Podcast in your stories, and you will get a shout out in our next episode. Until then, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.